All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. and you who welcome to the Cree you podcast my name is Andrew and we are talking about Crystal Skull the second to last episode of season three um, just a weird standalone episode that comes in right here when you'd be thinking along the lines of setting up a giant space battle or something to go out on a high point for the end of the season it's written by Michael Greenberg and this guy someone Paul Jared Paul who Greenberg's a producer from the MacGyver days this Paul guy was a friend of Richard Dean Anderson from, from MacGyver days, according to the wiki or something, if you put two in together. Brad Wright slapped it all together from their story into the teleplay, and directed by this guy, Brad Turner, who did like this one or two other ones. Thor's Hammer, Hathor, Tokra Part 1, Part 2, Touchstone. And he's got like a couple more coming up. Um, so it's, this is very reminiscent of Thor's Hammer. It's one of those episodes where we just plod along getting pieces of information and people's backstory and stuff. Uh, <laughs> another plotting one, you gotta, gotta love Stargate putting two and two together and taking 40 minutes to do it, to make four. Anyway, Crystal Skull, you and I, in our post-2008, uh, <laughs> world have been poisoned by Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Stargate anticipated this in the grand tradition of Stargate anticipating all of pop culture and movies and stuff by doing this episode, which is the same episode. You touch the Crystal Skull and it takes you to meet aliens. The only thing that's missing is fighting the communists in this one. <laughs> and it's even got the fatherhood issues as well. So we gate... To another planet, and uh, it's another Daniel Jackson, I was right moment. This is a great, awesome Mayan temple thing or something and stuff, and the Melp is driving around, and Leptons, and we have to get out, and uh, something about, <laughs> uh, there's a push and swell point, one point for just the pre-credits, you know, we found a skull exactly like that one in 1971 in Belize by my grandfather. Apparently that's important information, or something. So it's a classic Daniel Jackson slideshow briefing in the briefing room, just flicking through slides, pre-PowerPoint probably. <laughs> and uh, I just gave it three points, as an obvious reference is obvious, because they just like read all about these other crystal skulls that Daniel Jackson, <clears throat> Daniel Jackson talks about, and that's like very obviously their writing prompt, you know? That's what they sat down in the writer's room and started writing about. Oh yeah, Crystal Skulls. Some crazy people think they were made by aliens. Let's write an episode about that. You know? Just, yeah, okay, we see we see what you did there. So, there's no reason for Dr. Fraser to be in this briefing. 
um, except she is. But it's nice to see that she's been promoted to major and also got a very pretty new haircut. <laughs> uh, O'Neill gives some good lines about how, you know, not understanding stuff. These Nintendos go through you. <laughs> Anyway, they go to the planet, and Daniel Jackson goes straight to the skull and looks too deeply into the eyes, and it starts glowing, and it's the eye of Sauron. <laughs> Pippi. You see them? I see you. And, of course, so, Daniel Jackson has gone invisible. So there's five points for invisibility featuring in this episode. Um, they return through the gate, and there's a little touch of Colonel O'Neill hurt acting. I gotta, you gotta love it. I always love hurt acting from O'Neill. Ah, God, ah, God, ah, you're there. <laughs> so, one point for front gate stop footage guys running around. Hammond is using the milk to scan stuff again, and stuff happens, and none of it really matters, and Tilk, of course, volunteers... Tilk's the kind of guy who volunteers all the time, right? I volunteer! I volunteer as tribute! And it's a good thing he does because Daniel is just now waking up and he runs right through him, the old does the turnaround, I thought I heard something, but it's just the wind! Um, and Daniel manages to come back to Earth with Tilk. Only just, they cut the gate off. Hey! <laughs> anyway, I gave it another five points because Sergeant Siler is here with a speaking role and uh, takes the thing away to be studied. The skull. Um, Daniel is now walking around like a ghost. You know what? I'll give it another two points right there as a obvious reference is obvious to the movie Ghost. And also, like, It's a Wonderful Life. You know... A little bit of another starting point, writing prompt there. <laughs> anyway, in the infirmary, the doctor says Sam's going to be fine, so there's one point for that. And um, finally we get into, like, Daniel's walking around, and they're talking over him because they don't know he's there. And yes, that is good, because remember the episode Ergo? Dom DeLuise would be spouting off all of this dialogue, or monologue, and... Hammond and Fraser, who can't see him, would just be standing there waiting for him to finish before they would say something, you know? But they, you know? But in this one, they do it properly. Everybody's talking over him because they don't know that he's there talking. But anyway, never fear, because along with Sergeant Siler, Dr. Robert Rothman is on the case, studying the artifact. And he's just funny, you know, with a. Did you learn? Did you have any ideas? Oh, yeah, I, uh, well, um, no. <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. I th I don't think you've got a teleportation device here. What we have is a paperweight. <laughs> you know, all of that stuff is good. However, uh, okay, Dr. Robert Rothman was introduced in the episode Forever in a Day. You'll recall that's the episode where an entire week passes in the SGC entirely in Daniel Jackson's imagination. <laughs> Therefore, in the real timeline, in the canon or whatever, Dr. Rothman has not made it into the SGC. This is his real life introduction. 
So we, the audience, have met him, but everybody else at the SGC has never, ever brought him up before or mentioned him or met him, you know? So that's just something they try to slip under the radar because there wasn't really some good uh, coordination between the script editors and script supervisors and the producers on this one in this season between these two episodes. Anyway, it's okay because he's a good character to have and... um, Let's get on with it. So there's that funny stuff with O'Neill. He's still ill, and he does the face plant on the floor. Dr. Fraser is usually correct in these matters. <laughs> and then Tilt picks him up, and he just face plants again on the bed. Splat. You're welcome, O'Neill. <laughs> That's good. Richard Dean Anderson, even though he has no dialogue a lot of the time, he has no lines... All he has to do is just say one tiny thing and to show that his character is in the scene. He just makes so much out of it. It's beautiful. <laughs> He's our fool, our clown. That's why we love him, right? Anyway, one more point for front gate stock footage guys walking around. Poor Robert Rothman can't figure it out. Silas says, I think you're going to get fired. And I just cracked up. It's so good. Sila doesn't have that many lines, ever, but that's that's definitely a good one. Teal'c, meanwhile, doing the old Kelnarim, and then there's the, again, that trope of, I thought I heard something, only in a deep state of concentration. And uh, at this point, it's kind of like, well, hang on, how is Daniel Jackson walking around? Does he walk through doors? Does he need to eat? Does he need to take a shit? How come he doesn't fall through the floor? Why is the floor the only thing he interacts with? So many questions, 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 so many questions. So uh, one more point for front gate stock footage guys walking around. This Today, Carter is out of bed and she is mad at Dr. Rothman for giving up on this. And she's like, I'll take it from here, you dork. Move over, anthropologist. It's time for a real scientist. <laughs> it's like she's a real Sheldon Cooper level superiority here. Geology isn't a real science. <laughs> Sheldon, if you don't get that grant proposal done, they might give the funding to the humanities. <laughs> oh no, not the humanities. Um, anyway, uh, Hammond is doing more stuff. None of it matters, but I just wanted to point out that the, while they're preparing this UAV to send through to the gate to check things out again, uh, one of the engineers is Tracy Westerholm. Amanda Tapping's stunt double, who usually plays a special forces guard, in this one has now been promoted to UAV engineer in a blue jumpsuit. Okay. You know, if you ever click on stargate.fandom.com slash wiki, where I get all my information, and is a very good place to be, and you look through the cast for all of the episodes, it's got main cast, yep, and then guest stars. And... I do look through it every single week. I don't usually talk about it, but every single week there is like uh, between 6 and 20 guest stars who are just these extras that come back every week playing background guy, Jafar, number 6, technician in background. You know, (laughs) it's really crazy how often they reuse all these people that don't really have lines. Um, We just remember Tracy Westerholm because of her line from the episode Enigma, where the toll line go invisible, and she's like, General Hammond, they vanished, sir. What do you mean? I mean, poof, sir. <laughs> That's a good line. And, of course, she's in Hathor, where she helps take out all the boys. 
Where did we get to? Where did we get to? One point because with the UAV dialing thing, Chevron 7 lock, someone says it out loud. Again, it's that guy, uh, Daniel Bacon, playing Senior Master Sergeant Russell Benson. He's, he, he's just a guy who should be Gary Jones. Where's my Gary Jones? <laughs> That's what I want to know. He's been so absent in this season. That's the only thing wrong with this season. That episode, New Ground and the Missing Gary Jones. <laughs> Um, I'm just at this point thinking, you know what? It's about time we turn this into another classic have a funeral for Dr. Daniel Jackson episode. <laughs> I mean, that's where this is heading. Um, there's that cute little scene in the in the elevator with Carter and O'Neill. Like, do you think he's still around? Yes, I feel that way, although it may be radiation sickness. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting seeing O'Neill and Carter when they're alone together. Not in a three-piece, not in a trio, just the two of them. Sometimes they act uh, exactly the same as if they were just were with the entire team. And then other times they get all awkward. <laughs> and then other times they're just very smooth and they click and they work together. Like this one, you know, a little bit of banter and then good night, sir. And there's no lingering glances there's no awkward, well, what are you doing later? <laughs> None of that. Where did I get to? I'm, I'm getting so off topic here. It's, what about Nick? Bring him back. It's time for Nick. Go get him, but it's classified, of course. Um, that's what they said to Catherine Langford, for goodness sakes. It's really sad when they get to the psychiatric hospital that they go for all the psychiatric hospital tropes of crazy guys walking around in a robe about to, like, spill his juice box on you. It's like, you don't need that. Yeah, you know, sometimes people need mental health treatment. And it's fine. They're still people. They're really doing this TV thing where they write this guy Nick off. Like, no one's ever going to believe him. Who cares? You know, Ugh. It's a little bit sad. Anywho, they get there. Teal'c is wearing the very dapper brown suit and the brown hat and trying to pass himself off as a human. Ten points. I'm so happy to see that every single time. <laughs> he looks so good, am I right? Talk to Nick. We're going to bring him in. And Hammond is... I love that line to Colonel O'Neill. You walk a fine line, Colonel. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> And um, let's be honest, this little bit here with Hammond talking to his granddaughters after everyone leaves and Daniel Jackson is staying behind, invisible, watching him. That's the best part of the episode, right? That's what we're here for. That's the real important character takeaway bit here. The rest of it is just kind of, oh, we're going to deal with fatherhood issues for a whole episode. <laughs> Which is not, not always the most interesting thing. Anyway, Nick reveals we're talking about giants who say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, cool. And Daniel is like, we have to go back! We have to go back to the planet! We were not supposed to leave. Yes, we were.
We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! And Nick drops another bomb. Oh, by the way, Daniel's actually talking to me now. Uh, <laughs> or is he? And I just wrote down here that it's really interesting that they were so, <laughs> so keen to get Ergo out of their brains. I mean, we were all keen to get that out of our minds. Um, but now Daniel Jackson is the Ergo. He's inside this quote-unquote crazy man's head. And he's trying to convince everybody he's real. <laughs> so, uh, of course, he's got that ammunition about uh, Hammond's granddaughters. And uh, he could have gone with any number of other personal things. And that would have been some fun stuff in this episode, revealing personal information and stuff. But uh, O'Neill has seen enough weird shit at this point. Since I joined these men... I have seen shit that'll turn you white. In the previous episode, Maternal Instinct, Daniel says, Jack, if you're ever going to trust me on anything, you have to trust me right now on this. And hopefully it really does, like, turn Jack O'Neill around. Because now on this one, crazy old man says, Daniel's talking to me and we have to go. And O'Neill says, good enough for me, sir. <laughs> Weird thing to say. Where is Carter being uh, skeptical on this? Once again, um, I would like to see her do that thing that she did uh, in Maternal Instinct. It can't be the skull. There's something more at work here. There's some alien, bigger alien that's doing this. And they go back to the planet, and oof, this is the worst CGI I have ever seen. You know, in the year 1998... I went to the local museum for one weekend kids day where they did special effects filmmaking and you could stand on a blue screen and wave your arms and it would make you look like you were falling off a ship like the Titanic. It's special effects that bad, my friends. <laughs> I still have the VHS tape of that somewhere, maybe. Or maybe I gave away all the VHS tapes when the VCR broke. Where do we get to? Daniel has come back into phase and Tilk has gone. Or it's actually vice versa. Everyone's gone and Tilk hasn't gone or something. No one cares at this point. The alien comes. It's like that movie Arrival. You know, there are a limited number of good sci-fi alien movies. Contact is probably my favorite. Star Wars is Star Wars, but... um. Arrival is so fucking good. Arrival is amazing. It's one of my most... <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the most interesting ones I've ever seen. Teal leaves so that the ghost can talk. And it uh, appears the mist forms into a figure and says... The way is shut. It was made by those who are dead. And the dead keep it. The way is shut. And the alien says that Nick may stay. And uh, Daniel says, well, I'll be back. No, Nick says, I'll be back. 
And of course, it's minute 40 in a 40 minute episode, so we're all going, yeah, fucking right. Stargate fans are like, yeah, you're never going to see this guy again. And you never do. Of course you don't. You don't need to. (laughs) It would make a whole lot of sense, right? This would be cool to revisit these guys. You know, when they're escaping the Cull Warriors and people have to die in the alternate timeline or something, they visit a little podium a lot like this. I think it's the movie Continuum, isn't it? Anyway, push and swell, one more point at the end. That brings the total up to 32 points. Glad this one is over. (laughs) Just Crystal Skull. I'm sorry, Indiana Jones has ruined that forever. No thanks. Let's move on to Nemesis. Yes, Nemesis. 